Welcome to the Data Savvy Teacher Podcast. My name is Alicia Parker and I'll be your host. This podcast is for anyone who has a role in education and wants to learn how to improve their data using skills. As an educator, you're probably also a lifelong learner. So thanks for making this podcast part of your personal growth. And if you enjoy what you hear, please give it a rating on iTunes or share it with others. This helps more listeners like you find this resource as well. All right, let's get started with today's content. Welcome to episode five of the Data Savvy Teacher Podcast. In episode four, we started a mini series on how to write quality assessment items. No matter what type of item you write, whether it's multiple choice, true false, short answer, or essay, there are always a few guidelines that you should follow. If you haven't already, check out episode four to learn the three C's of good items. But today, we're going to specifically focus on guidelines for multiple choice items. Multiple choice items are the most commonly used items on classroom tests, but not all multiple choice items are created equal. And if you're using poor quality items, you're going to get poor quality data from your assessments. So today, we're going to talk about how we make sure that when we are crafting our own multiple choice items, they are high quality items. A multiple choice item consists of three basic parts. There's the stem, the correct answer, and the distractors. Most of the time, there is one correct answer and three distractors. And this can vary, but we're going to use this as our format for discussion purposes today. Let's start with talking about the stem. The stem can be a question or a statement, but it needs to be something that addresses a standard and it should be one very clear concept that's being asked about. Here's a simple example. What is one way the Spanish War of Independence inspired the colonists to pursue new political rights? This is a very clearly stated question. It addresses a world history standard. Most multiple choice items are often written as questions, but they can also be statements. Here's an example of a statement that is a stem. Choose the point-slope form of the equation below that represents the line that passes through the points 2, 0 and negative 7, 5. This item is also very clear. There are no intentional clues and it addresses an algebra standard. It's really important when crafting item stems that you are clear as to what you are asking and whenever possible, avoid using a negatively stated stem. Stay away from saying things like, which of the following is not? But if you do have to use a negatively stated stem on occasion, because let's be honest, sometimes it's just easier to write an item stem that uses a not, well then just be sure to never make it a contraction. Using don't or wasn't is a terrible practice. The negative is buried in the contraction and it's easy for a test taker to miss that. If you have to use a not, make sure the word not, N-O-T, is capitalized and bolded and even underline it. That way it sticks out to the student and it is very clear what you are asking. Now, let's talk about distractors and the correct answer. There are a few important guidelines to follow when crafting your choices. Let's assume you have four choices. Ideally, all four choices should be about the same length. If the answers cannot all be the same length, then two of them should be in similar length and the other two should be similar length. 
so that you have pairs of similar length choices. One of the oldest test-taking tricks is to choose the longest answer when you don't know what the right answer is. If you craft answer choices and your correct answer is clearly longer than the other three, you've violated the third C of good item writing rules, which we discussed in episode four. Don't leave clues. A second guideline to follow when crafting your correct answer is to avoid the use of all of the above. Typically, if all of the above is one of the choices, that's the clue that it's the right choice. Most test writers don't use it unless it's the right answer. Think about your own testing experiences. If you see all of the above and you aren't sure of the answer, don't you just assume that's the right choice? A better option is to use the choice none of the above. It makes the tester consider each choice without just assuming they are all correct. A third guideline is to order your choices logically. If your answer choices are all one word or if they are numerical, it's best to put them in a logical order. So if you ask students to identify the capital city of Florida and you give them the choices Jacksonville, Orlando, Tallahassee, and Miami, the best thing to do is to put them in alphabetical order. Jacksonville, Miami, Orlando, Tallahassee. Doing this consistently with how you approach test writing will send the message to your test takers to not just choose C when they don't know the answer. Use the same philosophy for numbers. When possible, try to order the numbers in ascending or descending order. Now, the final guideline I'll cover here today for writing good distractors is to resist the urge to put in silly distractors. Some students will choose that just to be funny, even though they know it's wrong. And that reduces the validity of your test. Teachers will sometimes do this to make the test seem easier or make it less stressful. But even if the students don't choose it, their minds are distracted from the task at hand, which is to answer the question. If you ask the question in the play, Julius Caesar, to whom is Cassius most loyal? And your choices are Antony, himself, Rome, or Santa Claus. The Santa Claus distractor is more distracting than it is helpful. For some students, this might send their mind thinking about things associated with Santa Claus, rather than have them thinking about what they've learned in the play about Cassius. It can really backfire in its intentions, and it decreases the validity of the item on the test. So with these concepts in mind, how about I read you a sample multiple choice item, and let's talk about what's good and what's not good with this item. This example is from a real civics test I witnessed being given to a group of seventh graders. Here's the stem. Jamestown wasn't. Yep, that's it. There's nothing wrong with your audio. The, the podcast didn't stop. That's the stem. Right away, we have two major violations. First, there isn't a question or a statement being made. It's simply a sentence fragment with no context. Before looking at the distractors, students could potentially be thinking of thousands of different answers. The possibilities to answer this are endless, so the STEM doesn't help orientate the student to anything specific. Second, it uses the word not, and it does so in a contraction. If the author of this really wants to ask a negative question, it should be obvious. So the STEM has a lot of room for improvement. Now, let's look at the actual choices this teacher gave. Choice A, 
the first permanent English settlement in North America. Choice B, impacted by the Mayflower Compact. Choice C, in Virginia. Choice D, where the House of Burgess was. I know this is audio, so it's hard to visualize this, but these items are all different lengths. Choice A is the first permanent English settlement in North America, and choice C is in Virginia. If I had to guess at this item, I'd pick choice A because it's the longest. But that would be wrong because it's true and the item asks for a false answer. Choice D is where the House of Burgess was. This is weak sentence construction. The choice should be worded where the House of Burgess was located. So to improve this item, even if we had to leave the stem as a negatively stated question, the author should do something like this to reword this item. Which of the following is not true about Jamestown? Choice A. It was the first permanent English settlement in North America. Choice B. It was impacted by the Mayflower Compact. Choice C. It was located in the state of Virginia. Choice D. It was where the House of Burgess was located. Now we have a fairly clear question. The not in the stem would be bold and underlined, and each choice is a full sentence. They all begin with the same phrase, it was, and they are approximately the same length. So I hope you can see that this rewrite is definitely an improvement. Okay, so quick recap. When creating multiple choice items, make sure your stem, whether it's a question or a statement, asks the student about one clear standards-based concept. If you have to use a negative, spell out the word not and make it bold and underlined. Choose distractors that make sense and are written properly. Order them logically whenever possible. And finally, avoid silly choices that are clearly wrong. So if you have some assessments that you give to your students, how about taking time to review items and look for ways to improve them? I'll be continuing this mini-series, so join me next time as we dig a little deeper into writing quality assessment items. And remember, a rating on iTunes gets this podcast seen by more listeners like you. So if you like what you hear, feel free to leave a review or share this with a friend. May the data be ever in your favor.